Okay, good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community College of Summerton, Philadelphia. Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayishlach. We're continuing here with the Maral and Chanukah. Ner Mitzvah, we're on page Ches in the standard edition of the Ner Mitzvah work of the Maharal towards the bottom of the right-hand column. And we arrived yesterday at the explanation of the Maharal why the magic number is four. Why there have to be four empires sending Kleist onto four exiles. And it has to do with the fact that the empires represent the totality of, of um, flaws, the flaws in the Bria, the imperfection of the Bria. Flaw means uh, the fact that the universe can be taken off course, can be misdirected, can take away, taken away from Hashem. And the total range of that is four because that's the four directions. That's representative of north, south, east, and west. The four directions that, excuse me, that are the totality of the system of deviations, imperfections, and flaws in the Bria. So that's why there's four. That's the idea of four. Um, so again, this, the setup is like, the formula is like this. We have a world, outside of Hashem, means there necessarily has to be a flaw in the Bria because it's outside of Hashem. That flaw shows up in the most basic part of the, of the creation of the world, which is in not showing the majesty of Hashem, not showing the authority of Hashem, not showing the values of Hashem, which means there has to be competition a way to take the world and, 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 and misdirect it and, and hijack it and take it off course and the, there, there, the full system of being taken off course is going to be uh, is going to show up in the number four and that is hence the four empires four empires are four the total range of four different ways of going off course from Hashem and that's why there's four and that's why each of them has a different um, uh, attribute each one has a different spin. Each one has a different direction that they take, and that go- brings us back to the second pasuk in the Torah, which is Bavel has its term, and Parasamadai, and Yavon, Greece, and Rome. So let's continue. Let's continue. The Maral continues with this idea now. Um, <clears throat> This is where we are, a little bit more than halfway down the right-hand column. That's why we find reference in the second passing of the Torah, the four empires. We find them occurring and appearing in the opening of the Torah because they're talking about that flaw, that defect that's there as that goes hand-in-hand, hand, part and parcel, with creating universes. It's there, there together. Um, with the creation of the universe itself, because with the creation of the universe, we have the, the imperfections that are, are a necessary part of the universe. They all share this the starting point, the same starting point, the same common denominator, that their malchus, the, 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 the empire, the authority, and the kingdom of these four uh, rulers each has this same idea that they are in opposition to Hashem's authority. They're in opposition to Hashem's kingdom. That's what they are by definition. To the degree that they take away from oneness, they take away from uh, from Hashem's unity, they take away from the uniqueness of Hashem. So again, he's building off of Yes's idea, and he's saying that by definition, any of the four empires, whether you're Babylon, whether you're the Persian media, Empire, whether you're the Greek Empire of Hanukkah time, whether you're the Roman Empire, which is still with us nowadays, 
by definition, your existence as an empire is there to block Hashem's empire, to be in opposition to Hashem's empire, to compete, so to speak. They're there to compete, to, to give us something com- that, that competes with Hashem. Each one with its own way. Each one has its own unique way of doing that, its own flavor, but they're all there to compete with the oneness of Hashem and, and the the, uh, uh, the ability of the universe to be a complete extension of the oneness of Hashem. And therefore, when we get rid of all four empires, when all four empires and their rulers and their and their um, their uh, reach in the world has been eliminated, Nambar the pasuk says, The pasuk that we say at the end of Olenu every day. Famous pasuk from Zechariah, it's on that day Hashem will be the one and only king, the exclusive king over the entire universe, and Hashem will be one and his name will be one. So the Maral is saying over here is a deep idea, that there's two ideas that go hand in hand. Hashem will be the king, the one and only king, and then Hashem's name and Hashem's existence will be one. So as long as Hashem is not the king, then there's a lack in Hashem's oneness. That's what the Maral is reading into this pasuk. Hashem will be the king. The, uh, over the entire land, then Hashem will be one. If there's other kings like Bavel, Parasim, Madai, we're talking about the other kings, meaning the four, the uh, the the four major empires and, and their kings and their kingdoms. So long as there are remnants of Rome, of Greece, of Persia, and of Bavel, that gets in the way of Hashem's oneness. Why? Because the whole idea of these empires is deviating off of the oneness. Like we said last time, we said yesterday, Hashem's oneness is. Like that's the epicenter, that's the singularity in the middle, that, that is one concentrated point where that's where we want to be. That's where, that's Yushalayim, that's Yisrael, that's Klai Yisrael, oneness, Am Echad Ba'aretz. And then there's everything outside of that, drifting north, south, east, west. Drifting creates competition, drifting pulls the world this way, pulls the world that way. And as long, and that's the four empires, as long as we have those empires, then Hashem is not the one and only king, and Hashem is not one. There is, this world is not a, not a world that allows Hashem to be revealed as Hashem Echad Ushmai Echad. But when Hashem will be Melech, I'll call arts, that's when Mashiach comes. We'll get rid of all the, the, the four empires and any vestiges and any remnants, and they'll all be toppled. Then Hashem will be the one and only king, and at that point, then Hashem will be indeed one. There won't be any room for any deviating or drifting or competition. That's before the creation of the universe, right? Then you create this four, only to go back to where you start the So why create this in the beginning? You know, why? Oh, that's a good question. Well, what's the point? What's the point? You have one. You know why? Why? Why you have a, a hold that you have the boss? You break the boss only to go there and put it back together. Very good question. For, for yes, excellent question. Excellent for question. Us, yeah, for us to restore. Hashem's you have a question also. Your question is related to. Yeah, my question is somewhat related. To, uh, how come earthly uh, kingdoms, however mighty, can break Hashem's oneness? We are comparing to. Absolutely also a very good question. Okay, okay. So how can to re, to review the questions? What's the point of making a flawed system to make it perfect again? And how can anything mortal? How can anything mortal challenge the immortal? How can the finite challenge the infinite? So let's answer both those questions. Let's answer them in reverse order, maybe, and we'll bring the second question back to the first question. So how can the immortal? How can the mortal challenge the immortal? How can the immortal be challenged by the mortal? It's a joke, right? Um, it's laughable. 
laughable. How can the, the finite make any challenge for the infinite? How can we say that the four kings down here can be a, 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 an opposing force to Hashem? So the answer is twofold. Uh, um, on a level of ultimate reality, of uh, uh, is right, they can't. We can't, the, the, the mortal can't challenge the immortal. The finite, we're puny little, you know, nothing is compared to Hashem. You know, it's um, you know, it's like your your four-year-old challenging you to an arm wrestle, right? Let's have an arm wrestle, Dad. That's ridiculous. That's a joke. So of course he's going to win, right? We're not in shape. So that how can how can we we challenge the the infinite? The finite can't challenge the infinite. The immortal can't challenge the immortal. Of course not. However, so so what does that mean? That, that the four empires are deviating, drifting. They're in opposition to Hashem. They're preventing Hashem's oneness. The answer is within the um, system that's called the universe, the very the very creation of the universe allows for such a thing. Because the creation of the universe, as we as we mentioned, is founded on a flaw to begin with. It's founded on a flaw. It's founded on a defect. The, 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 the existence of the universe necessitates a flaw and a defect. And what is that flaw? What is that defect? It's deep ideas, right, Arthur? Right, Arthur? Very deep stuff over here, but the very the flaw and the defect the universe is founded on is the impossible. It is something which is the impossible. What's the impossible? The impossible is that something should exist outside of Hashem. That that really is impossible. So uh, Yesvari is asking a question. The, the infinite can't be challenged by the finite. The, the immortal can't be challenged by the mortal. That's impossible. And he's right. It is impossible. What allows the impossible to be possible? is the other impossibility which is now possible. What's the other impossibility? That anything should exist outside of Hashem. How can anything exist outside of Hashem? How can Rebbe Hashem, who is completely perfect, completely one, completely unified, completely flawless, create something outside of himself which has to be flawed, which has to be imperfect? And this is also something that should be an impossibility. For Hashem to make something outside of uh, outside of some which outside of Himself, which is flawed, and that that happens through Rebbeinu Shalalim, um, yes, limiting Himself, pulling Himself back. Um, these are very deep mystical concepts, right? But the, the, the only the, the only thing that allows the existence of us is by Hakadosh Baruch Hu, limiting, pulling pulling back, creating a void, creating a vacuum, creating an area where a it's possible for Hashem not to show up, and B, Hashem therefore does not show up in this area, and that's this void, this vacuum, which becomes the entirety of the universe, both in physicality and spirituality, and all the and so that's the foundation of the universe, the building block of the universe, the building block of creation, is the concept, the, the possibility of Hashem to not show up, the possibility of Hashem to be absent, the possibility of Hashem to not appear, that impossibility, which is now. The the the, the 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 foundational stone, the building block of the entirety of creation, is what allows the four empires as well to challenge them. All they're doing is basically continuing and maintaining the basic building blocks of creation. The building blocks of creation are this ability for Hashem to be absent, the ability for Hashem to not show up. The four empires are continuing that each one in their own way, each one with their own connection, the full range of all those possibilities. They're just continuing and maintaining that, so to speak, mir- miracle, that impossibility that allows the whole world to get off the ground. So that's th- that answers Yosef Ari's question. They're able to challenge Hashem by just continuing the, 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 um, 
foundational point of the world itself. Mm -hmm. The world is created with that notion. Now, from moving from there to Lenny's question, so what's the point? Hashem starts off with, before the universe, Hashem is perfect, and there is no flaw, there is no defect, and Hashem creates a universe which is flawed, necessarily, by definition, which is defective, which is, is um, imperfect, and the fact that Hashem is absent, and we have the four empires, we have all the different all the different variations on that. And the point is for Hashem ultimately to reveal himself and to say, no, there is no room for competition for Hashem to repair the Bria, so to speak, for the flaws to be worked out and for the world to be perfected. So just let's save ourselves a whole lot of time and money and and thousands, billions of years and just forget the whole thing. And if we, if we just... Why, why, why go back to where we started if we could just remain where we started. That's Lenny's question. The answer is, now, your father remembers this from Derech Hashem. Your father will remember this from Derech Hashem. Um, yeah, Hashem didn't have to make universe. He really didn't. There's, there's, there's several answers. There's the short answer and, and the long answer and the unanswerable answer. Short answer is, you're exactly correct, 100%. Hashem did not have to make universe. And Hashem did not need to make a universe. And Hashem was completely perfect and flawless before the universe. And Hashem is flawless after the universe. Hashem had no need to make a Bria. It's not like Hashem needed to do it. Hashem was shalom, was perfect and unified before the universe was created as well. And let's, let's say that even better. If Hashem needed to make a universe, if Hashem needed to create a creation, then there's a, a, a flaw in Hashem. Right? If you think about it. Because Hashem needs to do something. Until Hashem has done it, Hashem is lacking something. I need to have lunch. Until I have lunch, I'm lacking lunch. Because I need lunch. I need breakfast. I need my coffee. I need my coffee. So that means as long as I haven't had my coffee, I'm lacking something. A need goes hand in hand with a lack. And a lack goes hand in hand with a flaw, an imperfection. So Hashem, if Hashem would need to make the Bria, if Hashem would need to make the universe, then it means Hashem is imperfect. Hashem is lacking something. Hashem doesn't need to make universe. Hashem is Hashem. With or without a universe, Hashem has no need to make the universe. Um, why then did Hashem make the universe? Why create something that's imperfect just to... Guess what, guys? We're going we're, we're gonna to fix it. We're going to fix it. Just don't make it. Save us all the trouble, right? Save us all the trouble. The answer is there's two things that go side by side together with the whole development of the universe going from flawed to flawless, from being imperfect to being perfected, from being defective to being... Um, all worked out. One is that the universe goes from a place which is absent of Hashem to being pre Hashem being present there. There's a tikkun uh, to the universe. The universe has reached its perfection, but also mankind, Kalal Yisrael, uh, um, has a journey as well. As the, as the universe has its journey from imperfect to perfect, Kalal Yisrael has their journey from imperfect to perfect, and it's through the journey itself, through this process of perfecting the universe, that we are able to um, earn our Eilam Haba, earn our reward, have our place in 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 Eilam in, in, um, Haba for eternity. Those two ideas overlap with one another. It's exactly the same process that um, brings the world to perfection, brings Kleisel to perfection to the degree that we are participants in that perfection. We participate in that perfection, we bring the world from an absence to a presence of God, from imperfect to perfect, that translates into our reward in the world to come. So, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided like this. He decided that he wants to be a giver. He wants to benefit us. He wants to be able to share his perfection with something outside of himself. And the best way to do that is to set up a system that goes from the best way and really the yeah, the best way to do that is to set up a system in which we have an absence of God that goes to the presence of God. So we have a whole system that the entire system goes from imperfection to perfection. And therefore the players on the playing field go from imperfection to perfection by perfecting the system around that. Hashem goes from absence to presence. And that's the best way of being able to benefit others and bestow to others and give to others. Now, I'm condensing this, condensing quite a lot of information and just to a few minutes worth of time. So, so, so now that leads us to another question. So, the, the whole point of this whole system of going from imperfection to perfection in the universe is to have a system that we can be a part of, and this is the best way of doing it. And it is done. For three different purposes, three different purposes: to perfect the world, to allow us to achieve perfection, and for Hashem to be able to be a giver. Hashem wants to be a giver. Hashem desires to be able to benefit us. Hashem wants to be benevolent, and this is by setting up the system. Hashem can now give. So, who's it for? It depends what perspective you're taking. It is for the universe, for the universe to be perfected, because the universe starts off as being imperfect, is for Klai Yisrael, for us to achieve um, perfection, and for us to have Nitzchiyas, eternal bliss in Oilam Haba, and it's for Hashem to enable Hashem to be a giver. Does Hashem need to be a giver? No. No, not at all. Not at all. Good, good answer, confident answer, quick answer, that's the right answer. Hashem does not need to be a giver. So, if Hashem wouldn't be a giver, would there be anything the matter with Hashem? No, Hashem wouldn't be lacking if he wouldn't be a giver. Hashem wouldn't have decided that he wants to be a giver and create the universe to be able to give the universe. Would there be anything lacking in Hashem? Not at all. So why then, why and when and how and where did Hashem decide to be a giver? He wants to, us to earn it. Yeah, okay, great, but why did Hashem decide that? Where, where did that come from? If, if he didn't want us to earn it, would Hashem be lacking? Not at all. So how, when, why and where did that happen? What's the answer of Moshe? If he wouldn't want that, would he be lacking anything? No. So, how and when and why and where did that did that 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 transition happen? That Hashem wants that. When did Hashem decide that he wants to be a giver? Hashem definitely wants to be a giver because once we have a universe, we see that Hashem wants to be a giver. That's why he made the universe. He wants to give us. He wants to benefit us. He wants to be he benevolent. The At what point? What went into that? What went into that change? The answer is we don't know. Remember this. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. That that goes before creation. That goes before we exist. That goes before the universe exists. And that's the point beyond which we 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 just can't go there. We have no frame of reference over there. We have no we have no um, understanding over there. That goes before the universe. That's before our existence. Before creation and before the even like you know to use the Talmudic sense before the Havamina before Hashem is even contemplating our creation. That's a different existence that's a different setup that's Hashem before the Brio we can't understand that we can't fathom that Hashem uh, Hashem's essence is unfathomable is impenetrable and what went into that why did Hashem decide to be a giver that's an unanswerable question and this is one of the basic tenets in Judaism is that's a question not that that you know there's there's really very few questions where we say you're not allowed to ask that 
And there are no questions that we say that. We are allowed to ask this, and we can ask any question. But there are some questions we can't answer. We don't have answers to. This question, we don't have, this is the one question, really, we don't have any answer to. And the reason we don't have an answer to this is because it, we don't have any frame of reference because it, it's something that predates our existence. We can't understand anything. We can't relate to anything that predates our very existence. And this is the mission of Chagiga, right? What does it say in Chagiga? It says that you can't contemplate, on, you can't dwell on what would, reality looks like before the creation. You can't go there because we have no, the mission says this, you can't dwell on that because we have no understanding there. We have no comprehension over there. Anything that we can understand is only from our existence and onwards, or even when Hashem is planning out our existence onwards. But why did Hashem decide to be a planner? Why did Hashem decide to do that? Where did that transition come from? Where did that change come from? We can't track it. We have no idea because that, again, predates our existence. We, we don't know. All we know is that Hashem decided to be a giver. Hashem made a decision to be a giver. Why? Who knows? Who knows? But Hashem did decide to be a giver. So, did it for you. So that's the reason why I created Kalashrael. Sure. That's the only reason. Because Hashem decided he wants to be a giver. Now, Hashem doesn't need to be a giver. And we have to embrace that concept. Hashem doesn't need to be a giver. But he decided he wants to be a giver. Why, if Hashem doesn't need to be a giver, did he decide he wants to be a giver? We have no idea, because again, that predates our existence. All this happens before we exist. The whole thing about the Kalashrael is getting better. So if we didn't exist, there's no need for us to get better. You know? so, That's right. So, so basically, the answer to your so question is, why make the system flawed to, to so make so per- perfect? Hashem, because Hashem decided he wants to be a giver. Why Hashem decided he wants to be a giver? That we can't answer. So that means he needs us. Need is the wrong word. He wants us. Need is the wrong word need, well, because need means well, there's a flaw, a if, lack. If, if we, Not if need, we but exist, want. He has, I mean, it's our chance of being a giver. That's we're, right. So he wants us. He wants to be a giver. Therefore, he wants us. But not that he needs us. He doesn't need us. He wants us. But he wants to be a giver. What uh, uh, need? Need means that, that if he doesn't have us, he's missing something. He's lacking something. Well, he created well, us. Wait, 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 he created well, us for reason. He created to be like he, before he, he, A want creates a need, though. If you want to be a giver, you need someone to give to. You can't be like. You want to be a giver, right? So you need to give to somebody. If you have no one to give... Yeah, but you're using the word need in a different sense, I think, in a different way than I'm using the word need. Meaning, Lenny was saying, Hashem needs us. Hashem needs us. Hashem doesn't need, need us. Hashem wants us. Because Hashem wants to be a giver. Hashem, Hashem needed someone. He wanted the Jewish people, but he needed someone or something to give to. Need is, you're using need in a borrowed term. Need, in, in, in a strict term, need means... That that um, for me to 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 um, to uh, be who I to to be fully functioning, for me to be fully functioning, um, I, I have needs. For me to be fully functioning. So Hashem doesn't have needs. Hashem is fully functioning with or without Klaistro. But Hashem operates as a giver. Hashem wants to be a giver. Hashem wants to be in giving mode, and to be in giving mode. Yes, there is a need for recipients, but not that it's a need of Hashem, it's a need for the system. Just as long as we understand how to use the word need and how not to use the word need. I don't, need this is semantics. Not. Yeah, this is semantics. It's not a need that he wants. Yeah, but this is semantics, sorry. It's semantics. I just, it's the like point the, the has to be kids. made that Hashem's not lacking anything. No, he's not. We could use the word need in a safe sense, but as long as we know how we're using it and we know how not to use it, 
There's already some answer. Hashem, Hashem doesn't need something or someone. He needs it for his wants. It's different. Yeah, okay, but again, that's semantics. So just, you're cleverly using it. But again, don't, I, I want to create less confusion, not more confusion. You're right. You could, now based on what I said, have a sentence that the word need is being used in an accurate <laughs> sense. Yes, but that's just going to confuse everyone. <laughs> that's semantics. So getting into semantics. You understand what I'm saying? We're going back to the thing that we don't know why Hashem created. What? Exactly. That's right. That's right. Why Hashem decided to be a giver, we have no idea. Will it it ever be revealed? No. It says it'll never be revealed. It'll say, no, because that, again, that goes before us. Anything that comes before Before our existence. Sure. So it does not, nowhere. Hashem knows. Within your knowledge. It's impossible for us to know. I understand. My question is, will Hashem ever share that knowledge with us? That's. It's not anywhere. not about Hashem's keeping themselves. It's impossible for us to. We can't go there. We can't comprehend it. Yes, his man Mashiach will will see everything that goes into. Uh, will will what what's going to be revealed when Mashiach comes? What will be revealed is uh, all the details of Hashem's master plan from our creation and on. That's what's going to be revealed from our creation and onward. The reason why the world exactly anything before our creation will not be revealed. Because it cannot be revealed, but anything from our creation and on, why the Holocaust, why the pogroms, why uh, you know, parking tickets, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess, Taxes. I guess, right, but that should be also be on the list for sure. Taxes, um, all these, things, right? Why, why the you know October seventh massacre? So that will all be revealed. Everything, all the aspects of the Hashem's master plan that is from the universe and onward. That's what will be revealed. Anything. Before the universe will not be revealed, not because Hashem doesn't want to share it, because we just it's outside of our comprehension. Okay? So I think that's a lot for today. That's there's a lot to let percolate over here, a lot to digest. My understanding is like with the kids. And, uh, do you need kids for, for your own well being or for anything? Now, do you want kids? Yes. Everyone should have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Wonderful Shabbos. Who's going to be